Happy holidays, weirdos, and welcome to Weird Animal Facts. Explicit. The show dedicated to the weird, odd, unusual, gross, and oftentimes disturbing facts about animals. I am your wintertime weirdo host, Deidre, who, when I'm not trying to be young and hip by producing a podcast, I work holidays, rain, shine, and freezing weather at a zoo where I feed, clean up after, and train animals as well as educate guests in a G-rated setting. And since I'm not at the zoo right now, and I am assuming you are all full adults, we are going to take that G-rating into some violent F-bombs and substance use with a bit of nudity and sex to give us the adult content you are about to experience. So dirty. Today we are continuing our month of December with winter animals! We have the snowy owl and the holiday armadillo, who I am petitioning to become the animal face for Hanukkah. So before you lose interest, let's spin that dreidel like a kid's brain at the state fair, going on a roller coaster 50 times, try not to barf. Let's get weird. The snowy owl, the best part of Harry Potter. Alright, before you potheads get all umbrage on me and tell me it's like Dobby or whoever, let me prove why Potter's better half is really the best. It's an owl! What more do you need? Alright, now whether you need more or not, oh, you definitely want it. So here comes some hoot 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 owl facts on the snowy owl. The Arctic Tundra. Tundra! Long, white, and open in all its glory just like me in my late 20s. Home to so many, again like me in my late 20s, one such animal that calls the Arctic tundra home is the snowy owl. Not like me in my late 20s, but I did open my range to a dude who proudly declared his spirit animal of the wolf, then continued to growl as he tried to break through my icy tundra. I may love animals, but that was a weird experience I don't ever want to go through again. He, like, touched my tit once and thought, like, that was enough to melt away the ice. Anyways. Tundra! In this chilly, frigid place, how do animals survive? By staying warm. Whether that be migrating to warmer weather or eating a shit ton and hibernating through the cold, or finding your inner flow rider and T-Pain and skip those boots with the fur. Whole Tundra just won't see her. She killed a lemming. Next thing you hear is hoot, 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 hoot. Let's make like a seventh grade biology class and dissect this song. Unlike many owl species, such as the barn owl or my favorite, the burrowing owl, who uh, don't range quite as north and also have got very naked legs, the snowy owl has got those boots with the fur. I mean, as they should, since it gets really frickin' cold in the Arctic. And technically, since it's a bird, it's not fur, it's feathers. But you knew that, right? The empty void at the end of my microphone I'm talking to? If not, that's what I'm here for. And not only are their feet heavily covered with thick white feathers, but so is their entire body. In fact, they have so much feathers that they are actually one of the heaviest owl species. Fun fact! The wingspan of a snowy owl can be as long as five feet. And the average weight of a snowy owl is... I'll give you a moment to guess. Just shout it out once you know it, you know, just like Dora the Explorer. You can do it. I mean, who cares who's around? Just be confident, no one will question you. Just do it, come on, let me hear it. Did you say 40 to 70 ounces? 
If so, then you're right. And for our American friends out there, that's only two and a half to four pounds. Okay, so four pounds doesn't sound like all that much, but in comparison to that barn owl mentioned earlier, who hardly reaches two pounds at all, that's actually quite a bit. Especially considering that a well-designed bird is lightweight so to aid with flight. That's right, I just called the kiwi and cassowary, to name a few, poorly designed birds. You fucked up with those ones, evolution. Maybe you should have left things how Mother Nature intended. I mean, what type of Satanist makes an animal lay an egg that's 15% the size of its body? That's like me giving birth to a 25-pound baby. Think how big my tundra will be after that. Tundra! Coming back to point, the snowy owl is an excellent flyer. Hedwig is evident of that. The way he just swooped in and saved Harry... Oh my god. Oh, no, that's... That's too soon. <laughs> oh, I, I need a minute. Oh, Hedwig. <laughs> you know, I, I never get too upset when a person dies in a movie, but the moment they decide to end that fictional life of that adorable creature... <laughs> I get you, John Wick. I get you. But at least like when animals kill other animals in movies, I'm not too heartbroken about that because that's just the circle of life. Oh my god. Mufasa. <sighs> Fuck you, Scar! What I mean is, like, when a snowy owl kills a lemming, I'm cool with that. <laughs> I mean, I ate chicken, I had turkey just a few weeks ago. That's the circle life I'm talking about, not, not the Lion King. Oh, Mufasa, I miss you. Mufasa? Cause I will always love you. By the way, a lemming is a rodent. And it looks like a big hamster, and it's related to voles. A vole, by the way, looks like a mouse got busy with a mole. But let's not get too far away from what we're talking about, which is the snowy owl! They eat lemmings and other small creatures. And they are excellent hunters, even better than most other owls, in my opinion. Mainly because they don't need that blanket of darkness to help shield them from prey or predator. Although they don't really have a choice, seeing that an arctic summer can have the sun shining for over 50 days. I mean, you've got to adapt at that point. That's right. They can hunt in the daytime. What? And there you are sitting, just thinking that owls were all nocturnal. Mm -mm. Nope. Uh-uh. These winter ninjas sit and wait up in a tree, motionless, only moving their robotic-like head to scan the surroundings for anything that might look appetizing. But with that thick layer of snow that those lemmings will burrow into for warmth, the snowy owl then focuses their hearing and will pinpoint the precise spot to channel their attack. You see, their ears are crooked non-symmetrical. They have got one ear up higher and further back on their skull than the other one. So that means that that sound of that scurrying little lemming underneath the layer of snow will hit the snowy owl's ears at two separate times to give them that amazing accuracy. Bullseye. And as this owl swoops in, it does so silently. 
so that even if that lemming was stupid enough to be on an afternoon stroll on the top layer of the snow, that owl could come flying in completely unnoticed until... Death by Ninja Owl! The owl will kill that lemming by grabbing it with its talons and then eating it by either ripping it apart with its hooked beak or by swallowing it down whole. But wait a minute! How the hell is that owl so ninja quiet? Fringes! And I'm not talking about the uh, trim on the edge of those fancy rugs, but similar. We know about feathers, right? Like we all listened to the Satin Bowerbird episode from earlier, right? Right? You guys did listen to that one, right? I mean, even I listen to them because I like to hear myself talk. Yeah? If not, go check it out. But wait till after this episode. Or pause, go listen to that one, and come back. Yeah, just come back and listen some more. Yeah, keep on listening. Anyways, imagine a feather. And then put on microscopic fringes on the ends. Just like the ones on that fancy rug. Because of the fringe trim on the owl's feathers, every time they flap their wings, which they hardly have to do because they're so amazing, the fringes will muffle the sound like a kidnapper does you as they put the handkerchief of chloroform over your mouth. So that by the time that little lemming knows what's got him, it's too late. Hoot. Snowy owls are eating lemmings. They fly like ninjas fighting. As a lemming, it's a little bit frightening. When those talons grab you, now you're dying. Fun fact, talons are what we call the claws of birds of prey. Why? Because some bird scientists wanted you to feel stupid for saying, Did you see the claws on that eagle? They were sick, bro. The correct phrase would be, did you see the talons on that eagle? Huh, they were sick, bro. If the chance that you find the name Snowy Owl not to your liking, no worries, as this large white owl is known by many names, including Snowy Owl, Arctic Owl, Great White Owl, not to be confused with Great White Shark, Ghost Owl, Ooh. Ermine Owl. Ermine is like a super cute weasel, by the way. Tundra Owl, Scandinavian Nightbird, Highland Tundra Owl, Oopik, and the White Terror of the North. I personally like White Terror of the North, but the Inuit tribes of the Arctic prefer Oopit, which translates to mean owl. And whether you realize it or not, you are actually familiar with some Inuit words, such as kayak and igloo. There are a few tribes that may agree that the White Terror of the North is appropriate as it has been interpreted for owls to mean death. <coughs> Alright, so depending on who you talk to, this can be considered an extreme overinterpretation, while others fully support that seeing an owl is a bad omen. <coughs> you can be the judge for yourself. I, of course, am very biased when it comes to animals, and if you want to follow my educated belief, owls are the shit! And I would like to point out that those people who do fear the owl due to the stories that have been passed down from generation to generation still respect the owl. Kind of like how I respect dolphins, but I'm not gonna fuck with one. And also to prove that there are tribe members who also love owls, there are some really, really, really cool Inuit art of owls that you need to check out. In fact, we've got some on our Instagram at WAF Podcast, so go check it out. Also, 
for respect to the artist, I am not going to try to attempt to say her name because I know I will butcher it. And this art is too beautiful and pretty that I really don't even want to like demean it at all by even trying to attempt to say this name because I'm not good at saying things. But trust me, the art is cool. Speaking of butchering names, it is now time for... Scientific Names are Hard. For those of you who've never heard this part of the show before, this is the part of the show where I attempt to read the scientific name of the animal in question. I ask my roommate Emily to write down on a sheet of paper the scientific name that I do not read until this moment. So, here is the piece of paper. I crumple it so you know it's real. And I'm going to open it and I'm going to attempt to read it because Latin and scientific names are hard. Hence why this segment is called Scientific Names Are Hard. Opening the sheet of paper. Bubo Scandiacus. Bubo Scandiacus. So Bubo is actually, a lot of owls have that, like Bubo Bubo. I can say that one. <laughs> that is the Eurasian Eagle. No, 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 no. Great Horned Owl? Eurasian Eagle Owl. Oh, gosh, I don't even remember. There is one called Bubo Bubo, though, so I can say Bubo. It might be Great Horned Owl, because I work with a Great Horned Owl named Bubo. Anyways, Bubo Scandia... Scandiacus. I'm guessing Scandiacus translates to Scandinavian, so Bubo Scandinavian. That's how I'm going to remember it, because it's Snowy Owl. Ha! Easy peasy. <laughs> Scientific name, Zero Deidre One. We'll see how the next critter fares against me, reading scientific names in Latin. It's the transition song From going to one topic to the next It's the transition song So that we have no awkward silence The Holiday Armadillo Santa's part Jewish friend Christmas has Santa, and I do declare that Hanukkah should adopt the holiday armadillo as their creature of the season. And if you're lost as to why an armadillo should represent such a holiday in the middle of winter, then you obviously missed a very big television icon of the 2000s. Here's a catch-up for you. In the sitcom Friends, the episode, the one with the holiday armadillo, Ross, a whiny scientist geek, wants to teach his son, Ben, from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, about their Jewish heritage. To teach his son about Hanukkah, he chooses to dress up like who else but Santa, of course, because there's a relation between Santa and Hanukkah, right? I don't know. But alas, being so close to Christmas, there are no Santa suits available. So Ross gets the next best thing, an armadillo! Which really is the best thing, because I love armadillos. Disclaimer. I am not Jewish. I was raised Catholic, and now I am very sciencey. Meaning, during the winter holidays, me and my other science-minded friends sing and dance around a giant Galapagos tortoise decorated with various finches, praising the name of Darwin by chanting hymns from the Book of Origins of his Species. Praise be the name of evolution! According to the writers of Friends, the holiday armadillo is Santa's representative for all the southern states and Mexico. Ole! And of the over 20 species of armadillos that there are in the world, only one of them lives in these places, which is the nine-banded armadillo. And seeing that a traditional menorah has a total of nine candles, the nine-banded armadillo really is the best mascot for this Jewish holiday. 
Not only that, but Ross's sister Monica points out that both the armadillos and Maccabees wandered the desert. I wandered the desert with an armadillo. In my experience of educating people on armadillos, I am often interrupted to be told that they have never seen a live armadillo, but only see them on the side of the road. Dead. I don't know why people feel the need to tell me about their dead animal experiences. Like, stop doing that. All right, but then again, maybe that's the only animal experience they've ever had, and they're just trying to desperately to relate with me because, well, they think I'm one of the cool kids. <laughs> As for the dead armadillo on the side of the road, it ended up there because, well, it just happened to get stuck in the car headlights and then jump for joy beneath that light-giving vehicle until it saw its own light at the end of the tunnel. Putting a different spin on the term Festival of Lights. And that jumping thing, by the way, is a real thing. Back in a time before cars and the horse and buggy, the armadillo roamed the lands without a care in the world. But what's this? A predator wanting to eat our poor armadillo hero? This nine-banded armadillo must think fast in order to avoid certain death. No one wants to be dinner. To throw the predator off of its groove, the armadillo leaps over three feet into the air like a maniac, leaving the confused predator baffled and standing in a frozen state thinking, what the fuck just happened? Meanwhile, our armadillo hero is able to scurry off and live another day. Then one day, man enters the scene, and with him, he brought his metal light-illuminating death trap. Little did the armadillo know that they would find their inn via the underside of an 18-wheeler. As if that semi-truck was gloating, saying, Ah, uh, yes, nine. Nine pounds. <laughs> Only nine. Ha, <laughs> I can count twice as high. Go back to Sesame Street with the other Muppets and come back once you reach double digits. <laughs> In the chance that you have never seen an armadillo, or friends, allow me to illustrate the beauty of the nine-banded armadillo. If you were going to go into battle and you wanted a pigged-faced, pocketless, digging opossum to lead your troops into victory, you'd have to toss on some armor. And this armor just happened to be very worn-out and leathery gray armor that sits over top its back. And that, my friends, would be a nine-banded armadillo. And although the scales of the armored shell appears to be that of a reptile, I assure you, my friends, that the armadillo is in fact a mammal. Because it's got fur. But like nasty old man, bald, headlong, wiry, and scraggly fur. And it's on his belly. Fun fact, back in the Depression, not like today's COVID depression, but like back in the early 1930s depression, people of the Southwest United States resorted to eating nine-banded armadillos because they couldn't afford food. My dad always told me that you are what you eat, and if that's the case, then the nine-banded armadillo should be chock full of protein, since all they eat are insects, and insects have tons of proteins. That's why those hippies want you to switch to cricket flour. Aside from the fur, another reason we know armadillos are mammals is because they give live birth and they produce milk for their babies. The nine-banded armadillo baby development is very exciting for geneticists. And geneticists are the scientists who look at genes. But not like Levi genes, but like DNA. Yeah. The reason is because for some weird reason, the nine-banded armadillo 
always, and I mean pretty much every single time they give birth, they give birth to four genetically identical babies. And now it's time for a segment called... Guess that scientific vocabulary term you learned about in grade school but forgot. Put that timer on the clock. And remember, you get bonus points for saying the correct word correctly. And you lose points if I can't figure out what it is you're trying to say. But if you happen to be having a stroke, and that is the reason why I can't understand you, then the studio will pay for the phone call to call the ambulance to come and pick you up. Are you ready to get started? Um, I I guess? Should I be worried about heart failure right now? I'll be the one asking the questions. Put that timer on the clock. And your time starts now. What is it called when an animal makes copies of itself? Parthenogenesis. Correct. What do you call male and female gametes fusing together? Fucking. I mean, I mean sexual reproduction. Good enough. We'll take it. What is the term for when the two reproductive strategies that you just stated are combined? Oh, oh, I know this. I know this because it's it's like the nine band in armadillo, but oh, it's what's it called? Oh, it's it's called a Polyempymonith. I believe what you were trying to say was polyembryony. 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 Whatever. It doesn't matter if I say it correctly or not. But because you did not say it correctly, but yet I knew what you meant, you neither lose or gain any points. What if I'm having a stroke? Do I do I still get the points? Are you having a stroke? Maybe an aneurysm? Imagine having sex. Nice, right? And the sperm fertilizes the egg. Shit! Now that's called an embryo. Then that embryo splits three times. Uh, triple shit. So that you now have four embryos. And then when you give birth, you have four babies identical in every way. Hopefully they aren't shitheads. And that, in a nutshell, is the reproduction of a nine-banded armadillo. But nobody cares about the birthing and baby process. What we want to know about is a slap and tickle. Let's start by saying that the male armadillos are kind of stalkerish and literally will chase the female until one of them either gives up or gives in. But if the lady dillo doesn't find him too creepy, then she'll stop kicking him off and allow for some foreplay. He'll run his dirty claw down her hard leather back. Then that moist pig-like nose of his will forage around in her garden for a bit. If you know what I mean. And then, when she's ready and really excited, she'll wiggle her tail and allow his giant penis in for landing. And I do mean giant. Armadillos have some of the longest penis size in proportion to their body. I mean, they had to develop such a long dick in order to, like, get around that shell. Oh, and by the way, they do it doggy style. Now, I would like to officially name a segment that I have talked about in the past before, but never gave an official name, called Humans Are Dicks. Humans Are Dicks. Humans Are Dicks. You're a dick. I'm a dick. We're all just dicks. Humans Are Dicks. 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 Humans Are Dicks. Ha ha. That's right. We humans are dicks. Here we have the poor, adorable, innocent Hanukkah representative armadillo, and we, Americans, treat it as poorly as we do anything that's not Christmas. Such as disregarding that gray, now pancake-shaped body on the side of the road, hating them for digging up the foundations of our homes that we built over top their homes, 
not to mention giving them leprosy. It's just like the white man to steal ants from natives, shove them into reserves, and give them blankets filled with disease. Yeah, that's right. Armadillos did not give us anything other than cute, adorable pictures to look at when we're bored and need to beat our depression. Or that might just be me. <laughs> I told you, I love armadillos. They are quite possibly my favorite mammal. But it was us, humans, who gave the leprosy to them, and we dare blame them for this disease. Typical human. So full of themselves. Shitheads. That's right. We're all shitheads. We're dicks. Us humans are dicks. However, though, because nine-banded armadillos are one of the only other things out there that can survive with leprosy, scientists are actually learning a lot more about leprosy and trying to find out ways to stop it. So I guess that's kind of the silver lining. Whatever. People suck. Do you know what else totally kind of sucks? This next segment! Scientific names are hard. We are now, we, we, me, I, Deidre, right here, me. I'm the only one in this room aside from my dogs who are snoozing. It's just me. Yep, talking to myself, as usual. But hopefully there's someone in the emptiness listening. And if you're listening, I'm going to attempt to read the scientific name for the nine banded armadillo! Dun dun dun! Oh, oh my gosh, there's a lot of words here. Letters, I mean. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Start at the beginning and sound it out. That's what teacher always tells you, right? <clears throat> Dasipus. Daisy Puss. It kind of looks like it's Daisy. Daisy Puss. Novem. <laughs> All right, sorry. Daisy Puss. Novem. Why is there an M and a C next to each other? Like that. that who, Latin is stupid. Dasipus novemkinchatus. Novemkinchatus? Dasipus novakinchatus. Dasipus novakinchatus. Kind of looks like it's saying November, but then it goes into like Cincinnati. Dasipus novemchinatus. Okay, well, that's the closest I'm probably going to get to saying that correctly. The nine banded armadillo. Thank you, Emily, for writing those down for me. And if you are enjoying this show and you want to learn about more animals, in fact, if you want to hear an animal, specific animal, on this podcast, then reach out to me via the links provided in the show notes for this episode. And thank you guys so much, everyone, all you weirdos out there listening and who keep on listening, and for those new weirdos who are just joining us, realizing that, yeah, I'm just as weird as everybody else. Mm Mm-hmm. Please rate the show and review it wherever you happen to listen from, and follow us on Instagram to see all the weirdos from today's episode and more. And as always, stay weird. <laughs>